0: Oh, and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined by Grace Johnson, special issues editor for the Pulse. How's it going, Grace?
1: It's going pretty good,
0: Andrew. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a terrible headache right now, but I don't. Uh, I don't think you can hear it in my voice. So <laughs>
1: that sucks. Yeah, I think. Happy that Friday. We'll
0: be, yeah, I think that we'll be we'll be fine. This should be a regular old. episode of the Dark Honey Pulse podcast. Woohoo. I wanted to bring you in because a new issue of The Pulse is out today and it is a big one. We have some really cool special inserts inside, and I just wanted to go over them, give people kind of a sneak peek at what they can find. Uh, You happen to be involved in one of them very heavily. And then I also want to talk about the HAL Prize coming up. You are the resident HAL Prize organizer for the Dark Hunting Pulse and uh, got some exciting changes coming to one of the categories this year. So why don't we start by just kind of going over some of these special bits of the Pulse this week. I think one of the the big ones is the 2022 new business list.
1: Yeah, that's definitely uh, popular, I would say addition to the Pulse every year, especially l- people like to see yep. who's open, new restaurants, new places to check out this summer. So
0: We do our best to round up not only what businesses have opened for the first time in the last year, but also businesses that may have moved or added a second location, businesses that may have changed owners, those types of things. So we have all of that in this week's Pulse. We also did a couple of short features on a few different uh, businesses, including Beach Baby, Burton's on the Bay, Emerald Lion, Alchemy, and Up North Sauna, which is a traveling like mobile sauna. Mm
1: -hmm. That looks like a big barrel. Yeah. It's pretty cool.
0: So if you're you're sitting at your house and you're thinking, man, I could really go for a sauna right now, but you Mm -hmm. obviously do not have one in your house, then this is the one for you. Are saunas a big thing in Wisconsin, like indoor personal saunas? I feel like they are. I think that that's a weird cultural thing.
1: I think so. I mean, I wouldn't say that I know a ton of people with saunas in their house, but I do know at least two people in Door County with saunas in their house. And that's two
0: more than normal. So are you a fan of a
1: sauna? It it depends. I've
0: never been in a sauna. I don't think I ever will. Oh really? I just don't want to.
1: I have trouble with the breathing of the hot air. So I'm in there for maybe 10 minutes and then I'm, I'm done.
0: I, I would do it, but you have, you have to guarantee me that no one else is coming in. It's got to be just me.
1: Well, and that's why I'm assuming people put them in their own homes so that they can just relax and sweat by themselves. Yeah. I think the
0: experience might be fine. I just, if I was in there and the door opened, it would be akin to somebody opening the door while I was in the bathroom to me. That same level of anxiety, I think.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I am very interested actually in one of the other featured businesses that you brought up, um, Beach Baby. I think that's pretty cool. They're doing like rentals for children's items and things like that. So people come up on vacations and they don't have stuff. They can go check that out. And it's actually the owner's mother, daughter. The mother was my teacher in second grade and her daughter was in the grade above me. So it's very interesting seeing them come together to collaborate on this new project. And Andrea from Emerald Lion, you know, who I've known my whole life. That's pretty cool. She's a dance instructor. Dance instructor. She's She does everything. So
0: those featured stories are really worth taking a look at, as well as the whole new business list. There's a lot of exciting stuff coming up this year that have just opened. So should be a cool summer to check out new things. Another thing that we do every year is put together a graduation issue Mm -hmm. where we put together... It's basically a yearbook for all five of the schools in Door
1: County. Yeah. A little less personal than I would say a yearbook, but yes.
0: It's it's the yearbook portion of the yearbook. Not all of the extra stuff, but... uh, if you want to see pictures of students and celebrate them taking their next steps in life this is a great way to see everybody who's graduating how long have you been putting together the graduation issue
1: this is our fourth time putting this together and i have been helping organize everything since we started doing it it is quite a task
0: too because not only do we have to get photos and names and plans from everybody but you know this year we also added some extra content we asked the valedictorians to describe their school in five words and a couple other questions as well so it's a it's a really cool kind of keepsake if you've got a graduating senior in your family uh, or a friend with a graduating senior you could pick up the graduation issue this week and uh Say congratulations to all of the graduating seniors.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's really interesting having worked on it every year, seeing trends in graduation plans. You know, it changes year to year, but I feel like this year there were a lot of people, a lot of these students pursuing different kinds of engineering degrees. I don't know why. I mean, I feel like in 2020 and 2021, I saw a lot of people going into healthcare professions, which kind of made sense given everything that was going on in the world, but... A lot of engineers this year. Hmm.
0: You go back a couple years before that, and what it was a lot of
1: computer science. I'm assuming. Probably, I couldn't tell you before 2019.
0: (laughs) I think computer science is like one of the most in-demand careers right now. It would make sense. Right. The other thing that I I love about seeing everybody together is the different graduating class sizes, Southern Door Sturgeon Bay, around 75, 80 kids. Washington Island had four graduating seniors this year, and their class photo is incredible. It's the four of them out on the ice shoves on the island, and it looks like the cover to a really cool album.
1: I Yeah, I totally agree. And you're not really going to get much of that opportunity, you know, try to put... 80 kids out onto the ice at one time, doesn't really work. It only works for them really. So.
0: Right. We do have an interview coming up with Andy Gill from the ridges. So I want to just jump into this last thing real quick before we take a break and get into that. If you listened a couple weeks ago, we had Andy Gill on to talk about the ridges, we have an update. To what's going on over there. So, Miles is going to jump in with a conversation with Andy. But before we do, I just want to talk about another thing that you are heavily involved with, which is the HAL Prize, it is our annual writing and photography contest prose, poetry, photography. But now the photography portion of the context is uh, a little bit expanded, right?
1: Yeah. So this year, instead of just having one photography category, you can submit to different subcategories. So we have like nature and landscapes, people, black and white, drone, that kind of thing. And our judge this year is Lars Topelman. um, And he was kind of a big inspiration to take this next step. We'd always wanted to kind of do something. So this is kind of our first year working this in. And we are also going to start working more closely with the Peninsula School of Art. They have always been a big supporter of the HAL Prize by offering classes and gift certificates for photography winners. So this year they're coming on, they're going to help us kind of organize the photography more and they're going to be offering some great prizes for the photography winners. So the prize package structure for photography is going to be different from the writing contest this year so instead of first second third place kind of thing there will be one winner from each category and then they will receive uh, fifty dollars and then a 250 dollars gift certificate at peninsula school of art that is going to be could be used for um workshops and classes and then There will be one overall winner that will be selected from all the categories that is going to receive $150 and a $500 gift certificate from the Peninsula School of Art. And they are currently in the works, going to be expanding. They're making a new photography lab. So it'll be really exciting to see how we can collaborate with them and their expansion and offer a lot for our photography contestants. Yeah, that's
0: cool. The writing portion of the Hal Prize is already split up into different categories. You have poetry, fiction, nonfiction. Yeah. Uh, so it makes sense for photography to split up and expand a little bit as well because it is it is kind of difficult to compare all of the different types of photography that we get in just as one category. So I think splitting them up, especially pulling drones out into their own thing because it's a completely different tool set. You're, you're, oh, you're sure. working with not only different... Subjects and, and just a different scale of everything, but you're also, it's not just holding a camera, it's piloting a vehicle. So yeah, it's cool that that's split up into its own as well.
1: Yeah, and especially with the help of the art school, we are looking at adding, you know, in the coming years, potentially changing the categories yearly. We haven't made any solid plans on that yet, but we are looking to introduce more fine art categories because there are a lot of people that like to send photos with digital uh, manipulation and all that kind of stuff. And we want to make sure that all of those different styles of photography, like you said, are getting equal treatment and consideration. Cool.
0: When is the deadline to submit to the Help Prize this year?
1: This year, it is Friday, September 16th. Great.
0: So you have some time, but not a lot of time.
1: Yeah, no, it comes up fast and people do tend to submit in like the last month or two weeks, but I would always encourage to get it done ahead of time so you don't have to worry about it. Great.
0: If you pick up this spring's Door County Living Magazine, we have a story on Lars Toppelman in there. He's a photography judge, like you mentioned. Uh, so you can learn a little bit more about him, a little bit more about the Hal Prize in there. And for the rest of the information, submission, guidelines, all that kind of stuff, you can go to thehalprize.com, correct?
1: That is correct.
0: All right, Grace, I think that's going to do it for us. Thank you for coming in. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we will have a, a conversation between Miles Danhausen and Andy Gill from the Ridges. Awesome. Thanks, Andrew. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kewanee Counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org slash careers.
2: Joining us on the podcast now is Andy Gill, the executive director of the Ridges Sanctuary right up the road from us here at the Peninsula Pulse. Andy, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me back. We got Andy here uh, to talk about some big news at the Ridges Sanctuary. He was on the podcast just a few weeks ago to talk about the the past and present and some of the next steps at the Ridges and what it's been like in his first year on the job as the executive director. And there was some big news in the works that is now official and can be told to the public. So Andy, why don't you... Uh, let us know what's happening over there.
3: Yeah, we're, we're really excited to share this news. And as you mentioned, you know, this is something that's been in the works for a while, but we had to, you know, make sure everything was uh, worked out and we, we had it to a place where we are ready to announce it to the public. So happy to share with you uh, today that the ridges is under contract to purchase the ridges Inn and suites here in Bailey's Harbor. And that's a a property that has an incredible value to the organization, not only for the land protection and hidden brook running right through the property, but also provides a really great opportunity for us to expand on, on our mission and grow our programming and research and citizen science. And so we're super excited about that possibility and to guide that process and really help us figure out how to sustainably grow and incorporate that property into our current operations. We've uh, engaged the Smith Group out of Madison, a design firm who's going to help us develop a 20-year master plan that's going to really look at all facets of our organization. So. We're super excited about this opportunity and just feel like it's a going to be one of those really big, pivotal moments to uh, help define the next 20 years of the organization.
2: Yeah, some big steps there, some some big heavy lifting you guys are going to have to do over the next year.
3: Yeah, absolutely. But it's going to be really exciting. You know, it's w- one thing that I like to think about with this master plan is it's all going to be built off the amazing 85-year history that we have. So it's, you know, it's going to be digging up all the old plans and and memos and reports and different ideas that people had. And and as you know, Miles, there's some huge names of really influential people that have come through the ridges. And so we're going to be kind of bringing that stuff all back to light and using that to build the foundation and and helping to define what that next 20 years
2: is going to look like. Well, let's uh, backtrack a little bit and talk specifically about this property. Mm -hmm. It's 1.99 acres. And you wouldn't think a little two acre property would be this influential for such a well established old organization, but this is making a big difference for you guys. This property has twenty four right now it operates as twenty four hotel rooms and there's a house on the property plus five other buildings. Like you said, Hidden Brook runs through it. And just for those who like you've told me if those who have reservations at the Ridges Inn and Suites, don't cancel them. They are still going to operate through this year. You don't take over the property until sometime this fall, correct?
3: Yeah, correct. So we we close later in June, and then we have a lease with Richard Hoffman, the the current owner, um, that operates through the end of the season. So, yeah, don't cancel your reservations. In fact, you know,
2: come and enjoy it for one last time. <laughs> one. One note about Richard, I did get a chance to talk to him about this purchase. And he said that he and his wife, Jeannie, bought the property in 2012. And from the moment they bought it, they thought, when we sell this, we really hope the Ridges buys this. It it makes a lot of sense to be part of the Ridges because the Ridges surrounds the property entirely. And for those unfamiliar with it, I I can understand why, because you, you can miss it pretty easily as you're driving north of Bailey's Harbor on Highway 57. But it's it's just south of County Q, south of the range light, correct? Correct. Yeah. And so it it just makes a lot of sense for your organization to buy it geographically. Mm -hmm. But what other ways is it going to make a lot of sense for your organization?
3: Yeah. I mean, strategically owning all of the property along Highway 57 between County Road Q and Ridges Road is going to be really fantastic. And as you mentioned, you know, there's seven buildings total on the property and and they did a great job of of keeping them maintained and, and they're in really great repair. And for us, we're really excited to get into them and start looking around of how we might repurpose some of those rooms and buildings. You know, it's I, I can say with, with pretty good certainty that we're not gonna run it as an inn, <laughs> but some of the, the way that the rooms are set up may lend themselves to being used in a certain sort of a way. So we're really excited to, like I said, grow our, our current mission and, and grow some of our existing programs into those spaces.
2: And in what way might that be? You've talked about some of the partnerships that might be mm-hmm. available for the bridges, bringing other people in there, possibly as staff housing to some degree. Right. Yeah. I
3: mean, our our programming has just, the demand for our program has gone through the roof. And so we need more space. We really need more space to be able to continue to deliver on our mission. You know, our, our education programming is, is really kind of bursting at the seams. And so in order for us to take that to the next level, we really need the additional space. But, you know, you know it's, it's not just the education. It's that we, we don't have a dedicated research facility at all. And, and we're really only scratching the surface of what we can do with our research.
2: You don't consider the small workspace against the <laughs> wall in your back offices that you showed me to be a, a, a robust research facility? <laughs> no,
3: absolutely not. And, you know, it's really exciting if, if we create a lab or a facility for research you know, just in chatting with some of the folks in that field, there's going to be a huge demand for people to come to Door County to do research and to study not, not only this unique habitat that we have at the Ridges, but really kind of all of Northern Door County. So we've chatted with UW-Green Bay, among other universities, that they would love to be able to have dedicated research space, have visiting professors, have their students come up here. You know, so it opens a ton of different doors that not only is that a huge benefit to the Ridges, but I really think, you know, this this property could almost serve as like a center for environmental conservation for all of Northern Door County. (laughs) And
2: talk to me about the the balance that this is. It's a it's tricky with the ridges. You you've got an organization that was founded on saving property, preserving the property as is. I mean, the the origin story, and correct me if I get any of this wrong. Not going into history here, but you know, people had proposed to build a campground on that site, and Emma Toft and uh, some other really forward thinking leaders fought hard to preserve that and created the first land trust in the state of Wisconsin. And those original thirty acres, it's grown to sixteen hundred acres. For years, it's been thought of by outsiders anyway, as relatively closed off private sort of organization. You're talking about bringing in more people. Seven years ago, you opened the new nature center. You vastly increased visitorship. So how do you toe that line now, expanding the educational opportunities, but staying true to who you are?
3: yeah and and i think that that's one of the major things that we try to educate people on is is how to responsibly enjoy the outdoors and in this really kind of sacred space that we're on you know it 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 is constantly this balance of a sensitive habitat with the human impact and and we want to have people out there and we want them engaging with the outdoors and enjoying it but there is a side of it of like well how do you minimize that impact that can either be through, you know, signage or having different sorts of rules or how you design your trails, but it's also just in, in education of, of of why do we do the things that we do? Why you know, why can you not have a dog out at the ridges? And it's not because we don't love dogs. In fact, I think just about every single one of our staff members has a dog, <laughs> but it's because it is such a sensitive habitat and we need to do everything that we can that that protects it. And you know, I think we saw that through the whole pandemic. It's, you know, from national parks that were just overrun with people. We had state parks here in Wisconsin that had to close down. Um, we were fortunate that we've got some great volunteers and docents that were out there kind of being trail ambassadors and, and helping to teach people how to responsibly use our trails. And so that's going to be a big part of, of the master plan is, you know, you w- we want to do all these great things and we want more people and, and we, you know, want to kind of amplify what we're doing at the ridges. But that's kind of all grounded in finding that right balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the tricky part of the master plan and why we hired a professional design firm of, you know, that it, it, it's hard to expand your programming and bring people out, but do so in a very sensitive and thoughtful way. And so, you know, that that is part of why we are doing this master plan.
2: And it's also great to have someone outside your board. Like I've been on boards, I've been on committees where you all come to the table with certain biases and histories with a place or with a property or with a park. And it's really hard to let go of those or think differently. And then you have somebody from the outside come in and it just sparks all sorts of different ideas. Even a wild card idea, Mm -hmm. you may not do that, but it makes you think differently about things. So maybe you get something in the middle. And I'm sure that's kind of what you guys are hoping for, but with having this outside group and doing this larger master plan.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, one of the reasons we selected Smith Group is they have a really strong understanding of Door County and the ecology and what Door County is. And, you know, it's not every single design firm really understands this huge influx that we have in the summertime and the weekends and, you know, the, the way people move in and out of the county. And so they understand that but they haven't been so deeply embedded in the organization that they have any preconceived notions. And, you know, they're, they're kind of coming in having experience working in different parts of the country and different parts of the state. And they've seen what type of programs work, what type of programs don't work. And so it will be really nice for us to be able to work with somebody who's, you know, fairly independent. And what I'm most excited about miles for this whole process is Engaging the public because we have some amazing members and community members who have, you know, spent time in different parts of the country and, and Visited different nonprofit organizations and had their kids or they themselves have participated in different types of programs You know that we have a lot to learn from them You know, what what types of things do they want to see? What types of things are we already doing? Well, what types of things are we not doing very well? And so it's, you know, I don't think anybody likes to receive criticism, but, you know, I was always told from a young age be, because I didn't take criticism very well <laughs> that it's, it's constructive criticism. You know, that we're only, we, we want people to tell us how we can be better, uh, make recommendations to us of, of what we can do better to, you know, I- expand our user group and, and have more people feel welcome and invited and, and feel accessible
2: at the ridges. Sure. I mean, so many of the things, as, as I'm involved with the Door County Half Marathon and all the events we put together with the Peninsula Pacers, so many of the improvements we make are from the surveys that we do after each event, finding out what people didn't like. And that's mm-hmm. what, you know, it's nice to hear people building you up and and saying how great things were, but we really try to make an effort to be like, to be open to the criticism because there might be real low-hanging fruit that you just have never thought of that you can improve it. and whether, you know, for us, it's like the placement of porta Johns or the number of them, or, you know, this was too far from the starting line. Like I need a bathroom right before the start. Oh yeah, we should put some up there. Those kind of things. And for your organization, yeah, getting, like you said, criticism is tough, but like that can be so many of those things might be really easy to fix. Right.
3: Yeah. And it's, I I don't necessarily expect that we're going to get a ton of criticism, but it's why you don't see suggestion boxes quite as often as you used to, right? Like it's other people giving you their opinion and telling you how to do something different and or try these new ideas and maybe that takes you out of your comfort zone but this is a really exciting opportunity for us to be able to maybe get a little bit out of our comfort zone or start thinking about different ways that you know maybe we can push a little bit further in this this research project or maybe we can start I don't know, maybe summer camps, there is a portion of it that becomes overnight, or maybe Mm. we start pushing a little bit further in adult education, or, you know, maybe we really lean into this, this research facility idea. And it's a lot of that is going to be guided by the feedback that we get through this whole process. And, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's, it's getting outside of your safe little bubble and the conversations that you have within your organization and, and the people closest. And, And you have people kind of push you in those different directions, and and you really got to listen to them.
2: So 10 years ago, I was walking that property when the Sandpiper restaurant was still there. And I was walking around there with Steve Leonard, the previous executive director. And he was telling me about the idea to build this nature center and to launch this fundraising campaign. And it was right in the heart of the recession. So actually, this is more like 12, 13 years ago. And I thought he was crazy. I'm like, how are you going to go out and get people to give you this money now? Like, no, everyone's wondering if the economy is ever going to come back. And the Ridges was incredibly successful. And it turns out they had such a great vision and they built that nature center. It's a beautiful place. But now people might say, you're telling us you need more space. Didn't you just build that nature center? It's only seven years old. So kind of tell me, and, and just not too long ago, the Ridges was talking about, do we need to merge with the land trust? Mm-hmm. So how do you go from that? How do you go from building that new nature center to this need for new space and kind of this new evolution of the ridges.
3: Yeah. You know, I, I think the ridges like so many other organizations and businesses, and even individuals learned uh, so much over the last couple of years during this pandemic and what we learned, you know, is that the demand is outpacing what was anticipated years and years ago. So, you know, part of it is a, is a credit to people like Steve who built this nature center and, and got these programs going and, you know, m- maybe they didn't even forecast how important this, this new facility and the new programs and the added programs were going to be to the community. And I think that some of it you couldn't predict because it was amplified by what happened during the pandemic, the increased users and, and our membership went up and we had more people on the trails and more people were trying to register for our program. So, you know, sometimes you just can't anticipate for those types of things. But, you know, I think we're we're now at this point where it's become very clear that we do need this, this additional space because we're in the summertime, we're going to have 16 staff and, mm-hmm. and our staff space isn't built for that. So, you know, it's not only staff space, but it's space for people to be able to gather and us to be able to, you know, run all of our programs. It was just the growth really kind of outpaced, I think, what
2: they were anticipating, which is a good problem to have. And I would agree with you there. And just remembering those conversations with Steve and, well, we're thinking we'd build this boardwalk here that would come from the nature center and take you into the woods. And I said, well, that, that could be pretty cool. I didn't, hearing this from him, and I don't think maybe even him at the time, envisioned it being such a boon for accessibility reasons alone, just the fact that so many people could now go on a trail, a nature trail, who wheelchair or if they just were unsteady with their their walking or or have a walk or all these different things, like this is one of those places and other communities and other parks and things are starting to follow suit, but the Ridges is really the first place that you could really access these things.
3: Right. Yeah. It's, you know, it's part of the reason we're replacing that boardwalk between the upper and lower range light and You know, I think accessibility just in general is something that we really, really want to emphasize and will be something that will be a significant priority in the master plan is how do we assure that every single person that wants to come to the ridges and participate in our programs and get out in nature, maybe go even go out by themselves every single person that comes to the ridges should be able to have that opportunity. And so that's, you know, that's one of the goals going into the master plan is promoting that access. And, you know, it's it's stuff like that, that I think it's a little bit when you, when you think a little bit more deliberately about it and you embed it into a master plan that does touch programming and land management and what your facilities look like and what your infrastructure looks like. It becomes something that is kind of carried through everything that you do at the organization as opposed to just saying well we want to do better with accessibility and then and then it's an afterthought and you try to make small changes along yeah. the way you know that that's something like the the long history that we have at the or, the organization 85 years worth of it and accessibility. We're going into this master planning knowing that we have some goals that we really really want to emphasize and prioritize.
2: Last question for you. You talked a little bit about public input. What are the opportunities for people if they want to get involved in this or if they want to give feedback? What are those opportunities going to be? What where should people go and what should they look for?
3: Yeah, great question and glad you asked. So, you know, our website is going to have a master plan page which will be kind of the central hub for information and project updates throughout the, throughout the way. So that website, ridgessanctuary.org is going to be a great place to just kind of stay updated. If you're on our email distribution list, we'll be making regular email updates as well. And so you can also sign up for that email distribution on our website. Otherwise, we are going to have a kiosk in our nature center, um, right at the corner of highway 57 and ridges road, where We'll have some informational boards up there, and that'll have, again, project updates, different things we've learned along the way, a project schedule. And then we'll have at least two public open houses, one of them in early August, um, the same weekend as our annual meeting. I believe that'll be on August 6th. Another one in October or November, so at least two public open houses. And then our website is also going to host two really cool resources. One is going to be an online survey that'll change every few weeks, maybe every couple of months and kind of be geared towards specific topics. Um, that first survey is going to go live actually on Memorial Day weekend. So we'll be getting regular online surveys updated there. And then we'll also have an interactive map where you can kind of scroll through all of our property and make various comments on, on different, different parts of our property, whether that's, you know, our the heritage trails, or the boardwalk, or the nature center, or, or maybe it's something up at Apple's Bluff. So that'll be another good place to to be able to provide input. But uh, you know, I would say our website is going to be the best place to kind of stay updated. And okay. you know, the other thing it would be to you know come on down to the nature center and tell the front desk you want to talk about the master plan, and and they'll give myself or Katie Kraus or one of our other staff a ring. And I mean, we just we want so badly to get this input from from the public, because I think, you know, even though we're not necessarily a public agency or any of the property is considered public land, we kind of view ourselves as a public agency in a way where, you know, we have this responsibility to our members and, and to the people in the community to be able to respond to their wants and, and what they want out of the ridges.
2: Well, I'm looking forward to sitting down with you about a year from now and seeing what you guys come up with and what the community comes up with you or for the ridges. And uh, yeah, good luck as you embark on this. It's a big project and it's excellent for the, for the community beyond the ridges. So yeah. thanks for joining us to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks